This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. <laughs> he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Hey everybody, welcome back to Extra Time, the Nations League Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and joining me on today's edition is the brilliant George Gamble. George, how you doing, mate? Yeah, doing really well, doing really well. Kind of been enjoying the Nations League action, but uh, yeah, obviously lots happening elsewhere. But looking forward to talking to some football with you about uh, obviously all these nations as well. It's been exciting so far. Yeah, it has been. It has been. I always think the Nations League is a, a nice breath of fresh air in that, OK, it's not the biggest competition, but it's some competitive action at a time when international football has become a little bit dull and a little bit mundane. Yeah. Um, let's not waste too much time there. Let's let's jump into the games because we've got a few to discuss. Let's start off with uh, France versus Croatia. Uh, let's get your, your picks on this, I guess, and then your thoughts as to how you've kind of come to that conclusion for the listeners. Yeah, definitely. Well, one that definitely uh, kind of piqued my interest and sort of caught my eye, um, purely because of a, from a price perspective, really, was uh, both teams to score in France against Croatia. Now, it's it's a tricky one. And, and this is why I love the Nations League, because it is so unpredictable. It's been, you know, recently, the past, uh, you know, sort of few games, is it's just thrown up some really weird results. Um, but I think it gives you an insight into, you know, some of these teams... But it's hard to categorise considering that a lot of them are coming off the back of hard seasons. So it gives those, you know, lower teams a bit more of a chance against some of the big sides. You look at France at the moment and they've been stumbling. So what haven't they? But um, yeah, both teams have scored in six of the last seven meetings between these two. And um, obviously Deschamps side, they're without a win across their last three matches and failed to keep a clean sheet in any of those either. You know, they lost to Denmark before drawing the next two. And in fact, three of the last four goals France conceded um, have come in the second half. Um, and I look at Croatia. I mean, they've responded well. Obviously, they lost 3-0 uh, to Austria at home. And that was somewhat of a shock. But it shows Ralph Rangnick does know what he's doing. You know, he's gone in there and he's done a job straight away. Done there in a few weeks where he failed to do at United for a number of months. But um, yeah, Austria were impressive in that one. But no, Croatia went on to you know draw one all with France um, and then won away to Denmark, 1-0. Now, the thing is, Croatia's front line, it doesn't exactly fill you with fear, does it? It's not, you know, don't look at it and think, I do not want to be playing against them. It's going to be a hard day. But you know, Modric and, and the like and Kovacic, they can still cause plenty of problems. They're just so good and they don't show any sign of slowing down, particularly Modric. Every time I watch him play, even though he's getting older, he's just, 
he's mesmeric. He's fantastic. Just watching the way he drifts into those gaps is, is magnificent. And I still think he can cause his France side um, a lot of damage. But I think France's mobility might cause a lot of problems for Croatia. You know, they're full of pace. They're full of quickness. They're full of that technical ability. And so I do like France to actually pick up their First Nations League win here uh, of the new campaign. But I couldn't be having a go at them. When I looked before on the prices, there was minus 186. And, you know, they're not tearing up any trees at the moment. So I don't like... I really don't like that angle just for a France win. But I do think Croatia can can cause some problems. And whilst I think France win the game, I definitely see both teams scoring. And particularly, uh, you know, uh, plus 100, you know, double your money. That was a, a solid pick for me. I'd have it a little bit lower than that. So from a value perspective, both teams to score was the play for me. Yeah, and I totally agree with, with that analysis. It, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, let's move on to Poland uh, versus Belgium. Um, what are you thinking about this one? I quite like goals in this one. Um, I really do. I was looking at it and I was very surprised to see. And I was sort of looking at it thinking, have I missed something here? Because why is over 2.5 goals priced up at plus 100 in a game featuring Belgium where they're phenomenal going forward? But defensively, I don't trust them whatsoever. Um, you know, And Poland have got goals in them themselves. You saw that last night. Um, they had a very, very solid game. Uh, but yeah, obviously against uh, you know the Netherlands, it was two all and it was frantic. It really was. So I'm very surprised to see over 2.5 here at plus 100. Um, but it depends which Belgium turn up. You know, they were obviously absolutely battered by the Netherlands and but then themselves turned in a fantastic performance and, and beat Poland 6-1, but then drew with um, one all with Wales last night. So it just shows kind of how unpredictable this Nations League can be. But yeah, both teams have uh, hit the back of the net in six of Poland's last seven and eight of Belgium's last nine. So I do think there'll be goals in this game. Um, Poland have gotten on the score sheet at least once for 18 consecutive matches. You know, they know where the back of the net is, regardless of who they play. Um, and there's also been at least three goals in seven of Belgium's last nine. So the, the biggest reason for me is, you know, I do think Poland get on the score sheet here, but I just don't like Vertonghen and Alderweireld um, at the back for Belgium. And I think that's a weak spot. You know, Vertonghen's 35 now, Alderweireld's 33. Um, and I just don't, if, you're, if you've got a team such as Belgium's that's full of just breathtaking talent, you need a solid foundation to build off of that. Because it's just a case of we're going to try and score more goals than you in that case. Uh, and that's why I always like going to Belgium for goals. But so... For me, I just think over 2.5 goals has to be the play here at the plus 100 that I saw between Poland and Belgium. Fantastic. Uh, Germany versus Italy. Of course, uh, two teams in England's group. Uh, Italy actually put out a, a really weak side um, against England last night, but still managed to get themselves a point. Uh, how do you think they'll fare against this German side and, and where are you leaning on this one? Well, yeah, you're, you're absolutely spot on. It was a, a weekend Italy lineup, but I mean, in terms of the angle that I'm going with, I will be looking again at, um, at both teams to score. Um, I think those are sometimes the best way to go in these Nations League games rather than picking an outright winner because you, you never know which way things are going to go. Um, but looking at it, I think both have got similar issues. Both sides have got similar issues. And But looking at just the data, both teams have scored in five of Germany's last six. And I think they've been fairly unlucky across their last three matches uh, with draws to Italy, England and Hungary. But they just lack a cutting edge up top. You know, I know a few German people and they all say the same thing. Yeah, we've, we look all right under Flick, but we're just toothless up front, absolutely toothless. And we look a bit sort of vulnerable at the back. Um, they're, they're very downbeat. And it was strange because when I've been watching Germany, I think they look quite good. You know, I like what Hansi Flick's, Flick's doing. But, um, and, you know, they've shown those glimpses of where they're trying to get to under Flick. But um, Jonas Hoffman scored two of their goals. None of the four were three have you know contributed yet whatsoever um they've also failed to keep a clean sheet in their last four matches but they are unbeaten across their last 12 and, and for me it does kind of point to a score draw here for me but 
Yeah, I think looking at kind of uh, Italy, though, they'll take note of the fact that realistically, they probably should have conceded more goals than than they have. They've kind of been riding their luck somewhat. You look at when they played England last night, you know, hit the bar, Raheem Sterling doing a, doing what Raheem Sterling does best, missing an absolute sitter at the back post. Um, so, yeah, for me, I think there'll be chances for for both outfits here. And I did quite like the minus one, two, five on, on both teams to score between Germany and Italy because just looking at them, I think you know, they'll both score, but I just don't see an outright winner. I can't separate the two. Even if Italy do put out a weekend lineup, I don't trust Germany to go and win. Uh, and vice versa. So for me, both teams to score is uh, the sensible play here. Do you think because of the, obviously the leagues that both of these groups of players participate in week in, week out, we're seeing a bit of burnout. Do you think, do you think that's a, a real issue with this round of Nations League fixtures? And does it make it harder to make picks? Because so many players, not just in this game, but in other games as well, who have had really heavy uh, sort of domestic seasons really look like they're kind of running on empty at the moment, don't they? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, the typical example for me is, is Mason Mount, you know, for Chelsea. Like, he's been fantastic, in my opinion. I mean, I'm not a Chelsea fan, but in which way? And, you know, I'll always find, a if I can, a way of saying, like, ah, you shouldn't have done that. But Mount, Mount is brilliant. He really is. I rate him as a player. And he looked absolutely dreadful. He was just leth- but lethargic. He didn't look a bad player. He just looked like, as you said, you put it perfectly with the burnout. Kevin De Bruyne came out, didn't he, and said, you know, I've, I've just, I'm not really bothered about these games after a long, hard season. I'm really not bothered about these games. And and I think that's something that a lot of players will be will be feeling. Um, it's inevitable. And yeah, so I think that's definitely contributes to making it so hard to make confident picks in, in the Nations League because you're just seeing it every time a team takes to the field. You're seeing some players that aren't quite with it. They're not their usual best that we're used to seeing on a week-to-week basis in their domestic leagues. Um, so f- yeah, for sure, 100% it's got something to do with it. But then on the flip side, because of that, you can find value elsewhere. Um, so for me, in, in that, um, for example, the Belgium-Netherlands game, after Kevin De Bruyne came out and made those comments, I was sort of thinking, well, if he's feeling that way, you know, people are looking to him for an example, what are the rest of his Belgian teammates going to be feeling? And, and you could get really good money on Holland. Um, so it's kind of picking the right bits of information um, and obviously trying to curate them to your advantage. But for sure, absolutely, one hundred percent. I think the, this set of Nations League fixtures is, is tough to call simply because of where, you know, where the situation we're finding ourselves in at the end of the season, the time that they're happening. Certainly adds to the unpredictability of it all. You mentioned uh, Holland or the Netherlands uh, just then. They take on uh, Wales. Um, what has caught your eye in this particular fixture? Well, I was having a look at it, trying to you know scour through the data. Um, Looking at it, the Flying Dutchman, they're unbeaten in their last 12 um, and they have opened the scoring in nine of those. Um, but both teams have scored with some regularity for both of these two lately. It's landed in six of uh, Netherlands' last seven and in seven of Wales' last eight. But Netherlands, they're minus 295 to win. There's, there's just no value there for me whatsoever, particularly you know, as we've just spoken about. It's, it's hard to call a winner. Netherlands and both teams to score was potentially an option. That was at plus 235. But I wouldn't want to rely on Wales um, travelling to Holland and hitting the back of the net uh, without seeing the team news anyway. So I think if Wales name a strong lineup, a, a fairly strong lineup, um, I'd be tempted by the two thirty-five on Netherlands and both teams to score. But until that point, I wouldn't want to put any money down because I just don't see the value. But yeah, keep an eye on team news. So for now, uh, as there's no value, it'd be a, a no pick. But if it's a decent Wales lineup, I'd be tempted to have a, a small amount on Netherlands uh, and both teams to score. Interesting stuff. And and as you say, you know, it is one of those that, yeah, when the odds are so weighted in, in one side's favour, it's it's really difficult, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Particularly um, to, yeah. to find a winner in terms of an outright winner from the game. So, yeah, um, it perfectly makes sense. Uh, let's move on to England uh, versus Hungary then, because um, 
England haven't exactly had the best Nations League campaign so far. They find themselves bottom of the group uh, going into this game. If you were going to rank all of their fixtures in the Nations League uh, in terms of what's the most winnable, this one at home to Hungary would be right at the top of the list, wouldn't it? Um, so how are you looking at this one? Because I'd, I'd assume, and I haven't looked myself, but I'd assume there isn't much value in going for England as outright winners here. It's exactly as you put it. You know, the market tends to agree that on paper, this looks England's easiest fixture amongst their Nations League fixtures. Um, and I was kind of looking at it. England have scored a first half goal in four of their previous five games played on home soil. Um, and even though, realistically, these are glorified friendlies, aren't they? Um, England have upped their performances, in my opinion, in terms of just the general sort of performance data, not necessarily result. Um, but obviously, they lost to Hungary previously away in Budapest, and they're going to want it. They're still professional footballers, regardless if it's a friendly. They're going to want to put that right. They want to kind of get one uh, get one back on them. These are professional players of elite mentality. If they didn't want to go out and win this game, I'd be incredibly shocked, you know? So um, there's also been a first-half goal scored in three of Hungary's last four away matches. Um, and overall, just the outright price, I don't like the prices, uh, but I do think we could see a fast start. So I think there's some juice in England to be winning at half-time. And when I looked, that was at minus 134, uh, but I'm not sure if that price has gone. I think it was drifting out. Um, I think it was shortening when I looked yesterday. Um, but again, a lot depends on Southgate's team selections. So I, I'm just sort of banking on the fact that they need to be, they have to be winning this game. Surely something's got to give and the performance has been good. They were unlucky not to be leading at halftime yesterday against Italy. Um, at some point, something's got to give. I know they've not scored, what is it, haven't scored an open a goal from open play in the last 270 minutes or, or something like that. Um, but as I said, they were unlucky not to score yesterday and, you know, they did it the woodwork and I'm just expecting some changes uh, to the side that drew last night and I think that, I think we could see some goals here and I'm expecting a fast start. So I quite like England to be winning at half-time um, and I did get on at minus 134 if that price is still available. If it's any shorter than that, like you so say, if you're getting sort of around minus 150 mark, probably wouldn't have a play on it. Um, but at the minus 134, I thought that was an OK price. As a handicapper, George, um, when you go into a game looking at it and you you, you envisage that there's going to be, like there probably will be for England, a number of changes to the personnel, how does that change your way of looking at it? What's your first port of call when you cannot, for the life of you, predict how the side is going to be lined up? It's. I mean, I tend to kind of look at who do I expect uh, to be starting because you can often base a lot on that. Um and you know you can use common sense. If you can scour all the internet you want, you can scour the forums you like. You tend to know if someone started the previous game. And for example, in these Nations League games, it's very rare that a player will start all of those. You know, it's a good opportunity to experiment. It's a good opportunity to bring other players in, as we saw with the inclusion of James Will Prowse last night. You know, and I know a lot of people have been speaking about him and trying to get him in the squad, but it can, yeah, it can be really difficult. But I do kind of, I enjoy looking. Who do I think is going to be pitted against this particular player? How do I see that working? Is it, have they faced against anything similar before? For example, of England, well, how have they fared when they've gone up against a back three in the past of a decent side? So how would they fare against going up against, say, Belgium? Um, and I tend to kind of look at things that way. Um, but again, it's the Nations League. It's so, it's so unpredictable. You can kind of do all the predicting, all the previewing, all the, all the data looking you want. But as we've seen already, it throws up some absolutely crazy results. But all you can do is focus on the long term, knowing that, if your process works out over the long term, stick with it, regardless of if the Nations League kind of throw things sideways and throw things left field. But um, yeah, so it can be tricky, but I do tend to look at the lineups and sort of look at how they've gone previously against teams of a similar ilk. Do you do you kind of delay your um, your selection process? Would you do it later in the day, for example, in a game where you 
can't predict how the team is going to look. Yeah, and a lot of the time I'll look at the market just to see where kind of money's going down to see which way the market feels uh, about a particular um, sort of pick as well. But it's just so difficult. It's so much easier in league football because you know what you're getting. But in the Nations League, man, you know, you've got massive squads. Anyone can change. They might decide to, you know, for example, I don't know, whack Harry Kane in the centre mid for for us just to see how he gets on. Do you know what I mean? You just don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, that wouldn't happen. But you get one. What I'm trying to say, managers try and change players around, try and put them somewhere else just to see if it works better for the team. Um, so it's extremely, extremely difficult. But uh, yeah, I would tend to want to wait, particularly in Nations League. You want to see what the lineups are at the end of the day. I'd even wait right up until... Um, you know, those team sheets are announced. I'd be wary. For example, that Holland bet is, is a prime example. I don't want to be getting on Netherlands and both teams to score a plus 235. If, you know, Wales put out a lineup that's just absolutely toothless, then, you know, they're not going to, they're barely going to get a sniff. So I wouldn't want to be getting on that price. But if I see all of a sudden they've got Bale and they've got a few other players up front, like, yeah, they sound a good chance here. Then that's when I'd be want to get on. That's when I'd want to get on at that price. Brilliant. Fantastic stuff. Let's, uh, let's move on then to your best bet of the round. Uh, George has uh, scoured through the fixtures and uh, come up with his best bet. Uh, so, George, uh, hit us with it, mate. Yeah, so having a look, again, it was kind of tough just to sort of decide exactly um, which my best bet was going to be. I'm um, just trying to look through it here. But I have I do believe I've gone with, um, typically, the word documents got rid of it. But no, it was the Germany game, was it? Both teams to score. Here. Yeah, yeah. Right, got it here. Just a second. It is... Uh, yeah, no, it Belgian, wasn't. no, Poland, Belgian Belgium. game, Poland, Poland Belgium. Belgium. It was, yeah, the value there. Sorry, my mistake, my mistake, but I do very much like that German Italy game as well. But, um, no, my best bet, my best bet has to be that Belgium Poland game, as I said, the plus 100 on over two and a half goals in a game featuring Belgium that are phenomenal going forward, but in my opinion, woeful at the back. I think Poland will enjoy playing against Vitongen uh, and Alderweireld, and I think you know, you might even get one of Dendonka or David Boyata at the back. and They're just not at the level, in my opinion. So, I think Poland can definitely go on the score sheet, but. Belgium could probably cover this count by themselves with the players they've got going forward. Um, so, yeah, even money, over two and a half goals, Poland, Belgium. That's definitely um, my best bet for this round of Nas- uh, Nations League fixtures. Um, do you want me to go straight onto the parlay? Go for it, mate. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so I'm going with this threefold for the parlay. And again, so I'll be including that Poland for Belgium bet with the over two and a half goals. I'm also going with Germany and Italy, both teams to score, as previously mentioned. It's hard to predict an outright winner between these two, but I definitely see both teams getting on the score sheet as their defences look a little bit vulnerable to me. Uh, and then finally, I will be going with the England to be winning at half-time. They've got to turn it around at some point. And on, as you said perfectly, on paper, this is their easiest fixture. And on home soil, you know, something's got to give. And, and I definitely see them going into the interval with the lead against Hungary. And you can get those three, uh, the parlay odds of plus 494. Um, and yeah, I really like that. So that'll be the parlay. Brilliant stuff. Uh, George, thank you uh, so, so much, mate, for some excellent picks, uh, some excellent analysis. And of course, that best bet followed by a wonderful parlay as well. I think I'll be having a bit of that parlay myself. I'm a parlay man, I've got to be honest. <laughs> um, but thank you all uh, so, so much for tuning in to Extra Time, the Nations League soccer podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers, your hometown sports book. Uh, George, how can people uh, follow you on social media? Just give them a heads up. Yeah, for sure. Just follow me on Twitter. That's at C George Gamble, the letter C and then George Gamble.
brilliant. Make sure you get over and give George a follow. Make sure you're following Bet Rivers on all platforms, simply at Bet Rivers. It's a nice and easy one. Make sure you leave a like on the video if you're watching us on YouTube. If you're listening via audio, please do leave us a review and we'll be back very, very soon with more content. Until next time, take care. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.